2: marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com it's the score north twin show
0: gentlemen we are less than a month away from spring training we've got some resolution there's your hot stove sounder we got uh,
3: report dates Report dates came out. Do you have them in front of you right now? Let's see here. I think I saw Bobby Nightingale tweet them out yesterday from the Star Tribune. It's usually before Valentine's Day. Yeah. Pitchers and catchers. Pitchers up, and right? catchers report on the day of love, February 14th. Full squad, February 18th.
0: Okay. So, wow. So, today is January 18th. So, we are one month away exactly of uh, from full squad. And then we're less than a month from pitchers and catchers. Twins can still use another pitcher. They could they could stand yeah. to make a trade or two. But let's do three things on the show here. Let's start with just an update on the TV situation. We have some resolution. We have like 50% resolution, but then there's another shoe to drop. We'll keep counting down our top 25 twins of all time. I've got 20 through 16 for you guys, and then we'll do a random twin of the week. If you haven't already, please click the like and the subscribe button on the Scorn Earth YouTube channel. And if you give us a five-star rating and a positive review on the Scorn Earth Twin Show Apple podcast feed, you can help us keep growing this show that we brought back for uh, the second half of the season last year so the biggest news on the TV front and this is kind of we think this is what has been holding the Twins back from just doing anything this offseason that they have a $55 million revenue chunk that they don't know if it's coming back if part of it's coming back Mm -hmm. as their local TV situation is sort of in limbo here with Bally's and Diamond Sports Group Uh, and so yesterday news came out that Amazon purchased a minority stake in Diamond Sports Group, which owns all the regional sports networks that that Bally's uh, has their naming rights on. I think it's like a, like 115 or 120 million dollar minority uh, revenue stream. So this kind of breathes life back into Diamond Sports Group and and what they may do from a streaming standpoint. What we don't know is, will games be available on Amazon Prime? Will the Twins strike a one-year deal with Diamond Sports Group? How much money will that be worth? So we're still trying to figure all this stuff out, but I will just say this. I love the idea of, and this includes too, uh, Lynx and Timberwolves and Wild, right? Because they're all part of this Diamond Sports Group. I love the idea of local teams' games being available on Amazon Prime because we won't have to worry about, some rinky-dink company with, like, yeah. no tech people going bankrupt. Your login doesn't work. Or it's like last night, I'm watching that Wolves-Pistons game, and it just, like, oh, error, like, streaming yep, error, and it just logs out, right? So, like, yeah. let's just get an adult in the room here, <laughs> Amazon, and let's stream games the way that they should be streamed. So the, the only
2: difference here is that, like, with teams, uh, believe it or not, the Rangers are in the same boat financially. Like, they've done nothing. And yeah. they're expected to possibly, you know, have a couple of big signings. The difference is, while their uh, rights are owned by Diamond, the Rangers' contract is not up. So the Twins, if they do this right, are in control at least. Like, like, they can go elsewhere. They can go to baseball and say, let's stream things. If these guys can't do it, we'll stream it. But yes, I think that this is a good first step. Um, now, I don't know if this completely takes you out of bankruptcy. Um, my guess is the bankruptcy court is going to have to approve this, like because they they probably have control to approve this. Um, but, I mean, I think we all know the Twins are not going to recoup what they've lost financially. The question is, how much can they get, and is this going to be a one-year thing? And I, I sent some texts out yesterday and didn't get a response, but my other question is, if the Twins go back for a year, can they then control the blackout rights, which means end them, which means, because that's the thing, right? So if they can end the blackout rights, I think that's a huge step, because now everyone can watch games. Um, But Twins Fest is next weekend, and I would think at some point very soon that this has to get resolved as far as what they they do. And I do think at the end of the day, the Twins probably take a one-year Financially, probably far less contract from Diamond. They go back to Bally's, but then if they can get their their game streamed and end all of these just silly archaic blackout rules, I think that's the most important thing.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm for one place and a good place that has done a really good job at broadcasting stuff like Prime has. And look, I get it. People are pissed off about Peacock getting an exclusive playoff game. Guys, w- w- welcome to streaming. Welcome to TV evolving in 2024. You want to pay 150 bucks for cable, and then channels are backing out on those contracts and whatnot? Too damn bad. Like, this is, this is the way everything is probably going. And Prime has done a really good job with Thursday Night Football, and we all have a lot of streaming devices, and we all have a lot of subscriptions. If it's in one good spot in a production company that has done a really good job like they have with Thursday Night Football, I'm for Prime getting this, and I am for paying a $20 whatever fee it's going to be for a well-run product. I do not pay for that Bally Sports Extra because it's trash. I will watch my games with the means I'm able to watch my games, but I cannot pay the $20 that's currently set up, and I like what Amazon has done with sports so far.
0: Well, and that $20 didn't even get you Twins games. That's Correct. where, I mean, maybe right. I just like didn't read the fine print, but I remember when that became available, right. and I was like, oh, this is great. So, And I think I think I started my subscription during winter sports season so i get get to watch at the time wolves games wild games and then the first twins game of the season is ready to rock and roll and i flip on the bally's app and the wife and i are ready here we go all right twins baseball let's get this here we go little uh tim laudner pregame show let's uh tell me what i need to know right and i'm like am i missing something i'm going through the menu and so the the fact that the fact that everything is like baseball has made it for so long, so hard to watch games. And of course people are going to say, "Well, just get cable. Okay. Well in a world where in all forms of content in a world where no longer do companies and entities get to just control distribution, right? If you want to listen to, if you want to listen to a podcast, it's available on Apple, Spotify, you know, someone's website, whatever it may be, unless you're Joe Rogan and you think, or Howard Stern, And you are such a big entity, and you are so dominant in your field that people will literally pay 10 bucks a month for SiriusXM just for the exclusive rights, basically pay-per-view, hear and listen to Howard Stern and Joe Rogan with Spotify, right? Baseball's not that. Now, the NFL, I think, at some point could be, but why would you want to cut off free distribution to your fans? Why would you want to cut off people in Iowa? Why would you want to cut off people with YouTube TV? And I know the Twins don't want to, But this is is a major league baseball issue that has just been lingering for a long time. And maybe through this, maybe you wind up with, you know, Diamond Sports Group has 18 regional networks out of the 30 different teams, and there might even be a a couple of those regional networks with multiple teams, so call it like 20 teams represented by Diamond Sports Group. If two-thirds of the league is just easily available on Amazon Prime, to me that's a big step forward.
2: Yeah, and baseball, ultimately – here baseball needs to get its act together as a whole like it needs to be we we need to stop and i get that each team makes a ton but or potentially does but we need to stop with this you know well we've got this deal and we got the league needs to figure out a way to centralize distribution so everyone's Mm -hmm. on the, the same page and those those blackout rules were put in years ago they're not for today you know this whole thing of well you know, five teams in Iowa can't. You can't watch them. That's most that's the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. And baseball knows that. So, like, this is a this is a bigger picture discussion about how you get your product into 2024 because baseball is still thoroughly operating. I think in 1996.
0: Yep. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, but I guess what I'm saying too is it would be great if if you don't like what baseball has done for. However long now is unless you're a direct TV or Comcast subscriber, you don't get to watch the games, right? Like that's period. If you're YouTube TV, if you're Hulu TV, sling to right? all the all of these networks or these these digital um, aggregators of cable channels did not reach deals with with Diamond Sports Group for the last three or four years.
2: It's expensive. Like it's going to be expensive. Like that. That's the one thing is, if you're a consumer and want to watch sports, I'm sorry, it's going to cost you. I mean, I pay an ungodly amount to watch sports, but it's what I want to do.
0: Yeah, and I think at some point too, if you if you can get, let's say you for sports, like if you can watch ESPN over here and you can watch, uh, you got you got Prime for your for your local baseball, basketball, hockey, and you've got the ESPN app over here. And you've got you know, you've got an NFL app if you want like to get red zone channel, for instance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're kind of I can't decide if we're moving away from the aggregated like cable and YouTube TV into just six or seven carte. different a la carts, yep. or if at some point all of it's just gonna be made available in the same aggregated space and the cost is just gonna be higher. So that's something to keep an eye on too. But it's basically we're kind of going to you got Netflix, you got Hulu. You got Amazon Prime, you got Max, right? HBO Max, and all those shows. And you got your sports, you got your ESPN. And you've made a good point too that it is kind of a pain in the ass to like toggle between the different yes. apps if you want to yes. flip around to a couple different things.
2: I feel like we're right now. It, it's sort of like when cable started. Like I don't. What we're doing now is anywhere near what we'll be do, doing in in three to five years. Mm-hmm. It's sort of crude. Like, you got to go to this app and then you got to go to that app. But then now I want to go to my cable or now I want to go to my YouTube TV. So it feels to me like we are sports, um, but just the whole thing. We're sort of at the forefront of where this eventually is going to go. And we're not even close there yet. Smarter people are going to come along and figure out a far better system than this. But there's no question streaming and that whole thing with where it's not networks is definitely part of what we're going to be
3: doing. I mean, I, I love, the, like, I have HBO Max, and I love that Max has the new deal at TNT. Like, I can watch the NBA game of the night, and I can watch uh, when the Wild are on TNT through Max, which is great. And and I, I, I'm totally down to up that, you know, subscription on Amazon Prime, which is, I think, $15 a month for Amazon Prime, or it's like, you know, $11 if you do the yearly package for per month but i I just want a well run product, and I want them all in the same place, and I think Prime yep. is probably a good place to start with that
0: yep, so and then of course, wherever they're going to be available, hopefully Amazon Prime and two the, the Twins games in two thousand twenty four will them finalizing their plans then lead to like a late January or early February? Run of bringing in like three different players in free agency or a contract in a trade, or are they just going to go into the season with a drastically slash payroll, which I don't think would be as Judd has been saying the ideal play after you, uh, you know, just broke a 20 year playoff win losing streak. So we'll
1: see.
0: I'd love to continue the top 25 twins of all time here. See what you guys think of the next chunk of of the list. So we started, we're doing uh, chunks of five of these, counting down from 25 to one every single week. To recap from last week, 25 was Brad Radke. 24 was Earl Batty. 23 was Jim Perry. 22, Greg Gagne, one of the great shortstops defensively in Twins history. And then 21 was Cesar Tovar, the ultimate jack-of-all-trades utility player. And I have uh, twenty through sixteen for you guys today.
3: Can I uh can I play a bed music that you guys probably haven't heard in a while for this?
0: Sure, let's do it.
3: You guys recognize oh God, this Is this music? from the opening bell? This is the opening bell bed. Wow. No, How do we the feel old, about the old, this? The is it PTSD? Turn, yes. turn, turn it down. I'm starting to sweat. There's like no new we baseball play? bed. Like, we have a good one for NFL and hockey and for NHL TNT, but
0: like we yeah, don't TLS, have like right? good. Oh no, we used to. We used baseball. to have one. Uh, oh, you know what it is? Search. Uh, you're in Zeta, right? This yeah. is on air production here. Yep. Search Search uh, sure. the major major league theme song oh. from the movie. It's like yeah. a three and a half minute bed. Yeah. It's a little hot out of the gate, but. Go. It's like, do
3: do 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 Yeah, yeah.
0: Doo, doo. All right. Let's... There you go.
2: There it is. That's it uh-huh. right there. Yeah. Sounds like Nightcore, too.
0: It's, it's very <laughs> 80s. It starts Nightcore. Yeah, it's very 80s. So these are flashbacks to our old 1500 ESPN uh, yeah, radio yeah. show. Some good, okay. some bad. Yeah, I was going to say. All right. So, okay, number 20. Number 20, the 20th greatest twin of all time. Bob Allison. Mm-hmm. 10 seasons as a starting corner outfielder three years before that. So he was one of the OG twins mm-hmm. and he spent three years with the Washington senators too in the late 1950s. He's, he was kind of like Michael Kodire, Josh Willingham before Michael Kodire and Josh Willingham. Strong. Is that Hold fair to say? Guy. Yes. Yeah. Big, like not the highest batting average guy, but some pop right. corner outfield guy, right? Yep. So he had seven seasons of at least 20 home runs with the twins. Third all-time among Twins in home runs. Two-time All-Star. Twice received MVP votes when he was with the Twins, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, his most famous moments came in Game 2 of the 1965 World Series, where he had a bases-loaded double against Sandy Koufax, Mm -hmm. and he had the famous backhand sort of sliding, diving catch in the corner Mm -hmm. to help the Twins to a victory in that game.
2: Yeah, in fact I, I think I think the story of that catches he was wearing he had talked to like a viking player too and was wearing like football cleats because the field was so torn up and in such bad
0: shape. Huh. Yeah. That
2: That's that wild. he had cleats on, like big cleats on and yes, that catch is a fantastic catch.
0: Yeah. I think
3: that was one of my it's dad's. Shown a lot of the highlight reels. That was one of my dad's like first favorite players. I remember like as a Twins fan because yep. I think we even had like a Bob Allison poster downstairs in my dad's like pseudo man cave. Um, and I remember that one being uh, one of the first guys he gravitated towards as a little kid.
0: Yeah. So just one of the like the original corner outfield masher yep. mm-hmm. for the Twins, mm-hmm. Bob Allison. Okay, number nineteen, the Twins all-time saves leader, Joe Nathan. Ooh. Okay. Right. Cracks the top 20 list. Sure.
2: Okay.
0: The most dominant regular season closer in Twins history. And I say regular season closer because obviously he had <laughs> some noted struggles in the playoffs, particularly against the Yankees. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Which
2: drops him down this list probably.
0: It, it actually it, does. It does. I think if he, if he had a more prominent postseason yeah. resume, I think he would easily be in the top 15.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now... If you look at his Twins career before his elbow blew out in 2010, I think it was spring training of 2010, incredible run. It was a six-year run, a 1.87 ERA, 41 saves per year over those six years, and he struck out one in every three batters he faced over that time period. He was, I mean, he was in the regular season, he was Mariano Rivera good, and then, of course, in the postseason, he was Young Young Kim. (laughs) Or short the shortstop kind of, in the Giants system at one point right yes yeah and then that he was converted he was kind of a he was kind of a, like a spot starter i want to say for the giants and the the twins just brought him in and said no you're a reliever he was part of the francisco liriano trade that was a fleecing man mm-hmm. uh, oh, God. aj prasinski goes out west the twins replace him with joe mauer terry ryan man man and they get liriano they get nathan Boof Bonzer, Boof. Yeah, was oof, a starter start for the trade. Twins. Without, so, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that that trade and the Knoblock trade were both Terry Ryan. I don't know if if the Knoblock trade can be called a fleecing because he certainly contributed, but it was a hell of a trade.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, speaking of great trades, number eighteen on the list is Rick Aguilera. Yeah, who I think trade. is the greatest closer in Twins history based on his nineteen ninety one run too. So, uh, second all time behind Joe Nathan in saves among Twins relievers, three time All Star, he gave up only one run in seven appearances during the nineteen ninety one playoff run. Wow. He was lights out in the in the ALCS and the World Series, mm-hmm. and he was acquired on the trade front. the The Twins traded Frank Viola to the Mets in nineteen eighty nine, and Rick Aguilera came back in that trade along with um starter. I- Tappany? Tappany. Kevin Tappany. Okay. Yeah. So the Twins, Frank Viola was a huge part of their 1987 World Series, one of the best pitchers in baseball. They move him to the Mets, and then they get back closer and one of their top starting pitchers for their second World Series run in 1991.
2: And if I'm correct about this, the biggest acquisition by the Twins in that trade was uh, starting pitcher at the late David West. Yeah, he was who, in that trade. Who actually didn't pan out nearly as well. Those year those old day trades were great though. Like you would you would literally have a commodity who like was basically telling you I want out and you would call a team and the team would be like, Oh yeah, oh cool whatever man. you want. Just, yeah, just go in. Just tell us what you took. That's where <laughs> that's where that stopped, in my opinion, as far as twins fans go, with the Johan trade. It did. Well they Like you got a lot back, but you didn't
0: get but I mean you didn't I think that one was more. They got quantity, and they got yes. they, and they had other offers too. Like the Yankees were in the mix, and the Red Sox, and they. I think the guys just didn't pan out, but they did. I mean, Carl, well, it's funny. Is Carlos Gomez eventually panned out, just not as much with the Twins?
2: Who was the Red Sox offer on Santana?
0: It was, Outfielder. So there was a bunch of reported like Jacoby Ellsbury. There Elsberry. was like Coco Crisp was in there at one point. A I think Cocoa. John Lester was actually mm-hmm. an option. And then Justin Masterson, I believe, was also being talked about. Good guy. guy. I remember that. Yeah, Red Sox. Uh, Guardians. Guardians, I want to say. Yeah. Good yeah. good guy. Good good guy. Uh, and then, okay, speaking of great trades, you already sort of mentioned this. Number 17 on the all-time twins list. Yep. Jack Nabloch. No, the old yeah. Bob Casey. Now, he's... Pretty much estranged from the organization. They tried to put him in the Twins Hall of Fame about ten years ago, and then he got arrested or something. Or yeah, something something domestic happened. Yes, he was he was
2: not abducted, but
0: elected. If that, yeah. So is he? So is he in? (laughs) No. So he's not in. I mean, he was at some point,
2: but he was. You know, he I I have not seen stories on Chuck in recent years, but there was a period there where some stories came out, and it sounded like he was having some real difficulties in life yeah so but a hell of a player
0: yes seven years with the twins 1991 rookie of the year four-time all-star gold Glove, silver slugger mvp votes in multiple seasons and chuck knobloch's 1996 season is one of the best individual performances in twins history so Mm -hmm. he batted 341 with a 448 on base percentage 62 extra base hits Forty-five stolen bases and a hundred forty runs scored in nineteen ninety-six. Early nineties to mid, the
2: the three second basemen, premier second baseman, American League: Roberto Alomar, Carlos Baerga of Cleveland, and Chuck.
0: Yeah, yeah, for those sure. guys
2: were all considered like the just elite of the elite at that position.
0: Yep. Well, that and that nineteen ninety-six Twins lineup too. They're like they couldn't pitch to save their lives in the mid nineties, but. Kirby Puckett woke up that spring training and, and he was blind, and that lineup was still insane. Like you had Paul Molitor, who hit like three forty, didn't he that season? Yes. You had Chuck Knoblock. You could have had Kirby Puckett in the middle of that lineup too. Yeah, yeah. Marty Cordova was wasn't that the, the second year of Cordova? He was driving in runs, so yeah, because he was
2: AL Rookie of the Year in '95, right?
0: Yep, yep. So Chuck Knoblock, seventeen, and then to round out this chunk of five here, up to sixteen, the Rat. Gary Gaetti, <laughs> oh yeah, sixteenth best one. player in Twins history, one of the best defensive players in Twins history, uh, certainly one of the best defensive third basemen of his era throughout the 1980s. A four-time Gold Glover with the Twins, he started multiple. Didn't he start two different around the horn triple plays too in his Twins career? Or wasn't didn't he have two in the same game? Yeah.
3: Once aren't the Twins one lost of the few them. teams that they they turned two triple plays in the same game and they
2: lost the game? I think
3: they lost like a one nothing <laughs> game. Crazy. Yeah, I Very think it a sports think- thing.
2: And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were identical. I think it was Gaetti, Newman, Herbeck, and one of the two, the guy who bounced into it was Tom Bernanski. Wow. That's crazy. Man. It was 1990. I, I I, was at work that night watching the game. It was absolutely, I mean, you don't see one most years. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not the around, though. Sometimes you'll see the wacky ones where, like, sure. there's a line drive and the runners are going, but just yeah. straight up around the horn. Mm. So uh Gaiety has second all-time among Twins in defensive wins above replacement, 200 yeah. career home runs as a Twin MVP votes in three different seasons and one of the main centerpieces of the 1987 World Series team. He mashed throughout those playoffs and uh and helped the Twins to their first World Title. So yeah. the Rat, Gary Gaetti G-Man was uh I believe
2: um his first game ever in the Big Leagues, his first at bat was against the the Texas Rangers and noted at knuckleballer Charlie Huff, and he homered. He also had the famous quote in '84 when when the Twins were contending for the American League West title and completely folded in Cleveland. The quote was, "It's hard to play with both
0: hands around your throat." Yeah, so top top sixteen and uh, maybe a top five quote in Twins history as well. So that brings us uh, the the ten that we have unveiled are Brad Radke, Earl Batty, Jim Perry, twenty two. Or twenty three, Greg Gagney, Cesar Tovar, twenty one, Bob Allison twenty, Joan Nathan, nineteen, Rick Aguilera eighteen, Chuck Knobloch, seventeen, and Gary Gaetti, sixteen. Fifteen players to go in our in our countdown.
2: Of those last five, which one was the toughest not to put higher? Which which one got knocked down and and you were like fretting a little bit about it, do you think?
0: I would say uh I know it's weird because I, I have Chuck Knobloch between them, but Rick Aguilera and Gary Gaetti were probably probably got the strongest consideration for being in the top fifteen. Fair, but when you start to look at the top fifteen, man, it's
2: yeah really it's, oh, tough
0: to to move some of these. Well, guys. and
2: Gaetti left, so he he was I I think he was declared a free agent and signed with the Angels because of the collusion and baseball clause that came out, mm. and so he left and went to California in I think it was ninety, and so. If Gary Gaetti plays his whole career here, I think it's a different story. He also had he also had a couple of down years and then a resurgence with like the Cardinals and Royals yeah. if I'm correct.
0: Yep. So he wound up, yeah, he, he actually played I think uh Cardinals in 96 and they took the Braves to a seventh game mm-hmm. in in must have been the NLCS. And then he was with the Cubs in the late nineties too. He was in the playoffs with the Cubs in nineteen ninety eight I remember the Cubs had like Gary Gaetti, Rod Beck, just a <laughs> yeah. bunch of Rand Sammy Sosa, obviously in nineteen ninety eight Mark Grace so yeah what a what a like a two decade career like a literally a 20 year career. He only played in the playoffs three different seasons twins in eighty seven Cardinals in ninety six Cubs in nineteen ninety eight Wow Gaetti yeah. So, all right, I got a random twin of the week for you guys here, too, as we plow our way through this Scornar Twin Show. So all-time Declan with four straight victories has a 9-8 to lead over me. Judd with seven all-time wins, so very close-knit, but Declan has been the master of random twin of the week here. Yep. We'll see if Judd can knock him off his pedestal. All throughout a series of clues, you guys get up to three strikes. You can shout out answers whenever you want. If you hit that third strike, the other person wins automatically. The last handful of random twins are Matt Garza, Kent Herbeck, C.J. Crone, Delman Young, Emilio Pagan, and Matthew LeCroy. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Okay. This random twin played in 1,309 career major league games. In his worst season... Do you have a guess? No. Okay. No. In his worst season... He batted 202 with a 265 on base percentage in 68 games. But in his best season, he clobbered 41 home runs with 114 RBI and was an All Star. Oh, Declan's got the look. <laughs> uh. All right, I'm going to take a guess. Oh, man, here we go. Nelson Cruz. Go. Oh, oh, no. Not Josh Nelson
2: Willingham. Willingham. <laughs> no. Nope. Okay, cool. Oh, man, Oh, God, guys... I wanted to jump you just in the
3: event you had Nelson Cruz. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. No one's fine. All's
2: fair.
0: I will say that... Uh... He was born in the same country as one of those two players that you just guessed. Oh,
2: that's a very large <laughs> coverage area that you just gave us.
0: This random twin. Okay. This random twin
2: mm-hmm. was
0: born on December 9th, 1973. this random twin played 50 games with the Minnesota Twins only. Oh. Hmm. Boy. This random twin played for I'll give you the teams he played for. Okay. Twins, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Expos. Nationals. Blue Jays, Orioles, Diamondbacks, and A's started his career with the Oakland A's. No,
2: that's not the guy.
0: He was an international free agent signing with the Oakland Athletics. Tony Batista. Tony Batista. Oh dang it! I is that right. correct. Nice. To- that's that weird batting stance yeah. where he was that's facing the pitcher. Yeah, he Great, was awful man. here. He was awful. Yeah. He, he was sacked, right? The oh puto? man. The, the the next clue was going to be the Twins got much better when they replaced him with somebody else. They literally well, took off in 2006, and that's
2: the year that they started with Batista at third, and who was it Juan, short? And they Juan Castro, him, and and they replaced them both.
0: Yeah, and it and it turned into the Piranhas, and they exploded after that. So. Dude, Declan is red hot He's Red hot. And random on twin of the week, man. You can't He's stop Dex. Uh-uh. He's got 10 wins. See. I've got eight. Judd has seven. So oh, Tony Batista. Very upset. He actually went to Japan to revive his career. That's right. And he kind of did. He hit some home runs, but still, like, he had, like, a 280 on base percentage in Japan. That's the right. twins are like, bring him on in. Let's see what he can do. And then God. it... Turns out that Nick Punto playing third base was the best option. He he was excellent. He was, was really good that year. The best fielding third baseman. He batted like 300. It was great.
2: Terry loved to go to, to the, the Goodwill of baseball, though, man. It he'd did. go to the good, He'd pick up every piece of discarded, you know, Otis Nixon. Oh,
0: man. Roberto Carol Kelly. Kelly yeah. Tony
2: Batista. Juan Ke- yeah. He'd be like, Brett ah, Boone. let's pick up one of those.
0: Brett yeah, Boone. Brett Boone. Oh, yeah. Mike Lamb. Oh, uh I joe creedy laugh. did we say joe creedy so no. many of those yeah with a terrible back oh he had a bunch he had like 16 bombs yeah. in the time that he was he's, healthy he's but fine. he was a good hit was a mess. so all right boys that's a score on our twin nice. show here please uh like we said please give us a five-star rating and a positive review to help us keep growing this podcast and uh we'll see you guys next week